loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness and love which you have bestowed upon us. The life we live, the fact that we are here now, is a token of the love you have shown towards us. Dear Lord, we pray that as we have this, these moments of fellowship with you, that your spirit shall be graciously granted to us, that we may, through your words, be sanctified, cleansed, and have a pure heart to the end that the image of Jesus may be reflected through us. I bring myself to you, Lord, to be used as a vessel to your glory at this moment. Of my own self, I cannot bless your children, but with you all things are possible. Therefore, grant me graciously of your spirit that justice may be done to your words today, that we may be blessed by the things we will hear and motivated to live the life of Christ, to overcome as he overcame. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, December 19 Pure in heart and life and every man that hath this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. 1 John chapter 3 verse 3 John was a teacher of holiness and in his letters to the church he laid down unerring rules for the conduct of Christians. He taught that the Christian must be pure in heart and life. Never should he be satisfied with an empty profession. As God is holy in his sphere, so fallen man, while refusing to render obedience to his commandments, these transgressors of the law claim everything that is promised to the children of God, but this is presumption on their part. For John tells us that true love for God will be revealed in obedience to all his commandments. It is not enough to believe the theory of truth, to make a profession of faith in Christ. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, John wrote, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. John did not teach that salvation was to be earned by obedience, but that obedience was the fruit of faith and love. If we abide in Christ, if the love of God dwells in the heart, our feelings, our thoughts, our actions will be in harmony with the will of God. There are many who, though striving to obey God's commandments, have little peace or joy. This lack in their experience is the result of a failure to exercise faith. They walk, as it were, in a salt land, a parched wilderness. They claim little when they might claim much, for there is no limit to the promises of God. Such ones do not correctly represent the sanctification that comes through obedience to the truth. The Lord would have all his sons and daughters happy, peaceful, and obedient. Through the exercise of faith, the believer comes into possession of these blessings. Through faith, 
every deficiency of character may be supplied, every defilement cleansed, every fault corrected, every excellency developed. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Pure in Heart and Life. When we read the book of 1 John 5 verse 4 and verse 5, we are told something important. To continue from where we stopped yesterday, by the way, we saw yesterday that the teaching that Jesus did not come in the flesh actually comes against the possibility of us having victory over sin, overcoming as he overcame. Building on that foundation that Jesus didn't come in the flesh will bring us to a position where we would say it is impossible to live a pure and holy life. People there are today that believe that we are sinners because of our birth. But is that the truth? What does the Bible say is sin? John says in the book of 1 John 3 verse 4, He that committed sin transgressed also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. We are not sinners because of our flesh. So those who are trying to make Jesus to escape sinful flesh because they think that to be a sinner is to have the sinful flesh, we are all getting it wrong. We are sinners not because of our flesh but because of the actions we took in breaking the commandments of God. And this is what Jesus came to teach us, that it is possible to live a pure life in heart and in our conduct even in this sinful flesh. 1 John 5 verse 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? In the book of 1 John 3 verse 1 to 3, John puts forth to us what it means to be called a Son of God. Behold what manner of love, he says, the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Then he now makes a claim, a condition and also a revelation of the sign that one is a son of God. 1 John 3 verse 3, And every man that hath this hope, what is the hope? The hope of being revealed as a son of God. Every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Then he now explains what it is that shows us whether we are pure or not. He goes to verse 4 and says, He that transgressed, he that committed sin transgressed also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. You see, brothers and sisters, there is a work to do for everyone who has the hope of being a son of God. A pattern has been placed before us, the man Jesus Christ. He is a pattern of what it means to be a son of God. 1 Peter 2 verse 21 says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, a pattern, that you should follow his steps. And also in 1 Peter 1 verse 15 and 16, the 
the charge is given to us but as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written be ye holy for i am holy pure in heart and life holiness is what john was teaching look at the book of first john that book is filled with love love that promotes righteous holy pure living for this reason, anyone that has the hope of being the Son of God purifies himself, sanctifies himself even as Jesus is also sanctified and pure. How are we sanctified? Jesus said in the book of John 17 verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That is how we are sanctified. Jesus himself said in John 17 verse 19, And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified. How? Through the truth. So what are we going to do with the truth that makes us to be sanctified by it? Obedience to the truth. When Jesus called Paul, he told Paul in Acts 26 verse 18 what his commission was. He said to him that he is to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. What is light and what is darkness? The law of the Lord is light. Darkness is sin. To turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and uh, inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So that is it. We are to receive sanctification. We are to come out of darkness into light. And how are we sanctified? By the truth. What is the truth? Psalms 119 verse 142 says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law is the truth. So we are sanctified by the truth, by the law of God. A mere knowledge of the truth does not sanctify. It is by obedience to the truth that we are sanctified. And this is how we are sanctified through Christ because Jesus is the truth. So when the truth is sanctifying us, it is Christ that is sanctifying us. But what is the truth? The law. But then the Ten Commandments is the truth. This is what we are to obey in order to remain sanctified. This is what John sought to teach the people and it is an important lesson for us today it is what we are to teach for only those who keep the commandments of god which is the truth can hope to be sanctified but how can we keep the commandments it is by faith in jesus in holy vision john saw the saints who in these last days will stand in defense of truth who are the commandment keepers standing against the powers of the world and this is how they are described in John 12 verse 17. It says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Also he writes again in, in Revelation 14 verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints, here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. And in 1 John 3, as we were reading before, to explain what it means to be a son of God, to be pure in heart and life, he says in verse 5 now, and you know that he, that's Jesus, was manifested to take away our sins. Because in, when he takes away our sins, that's how we are going to be pure in heart and life. And in him is no sin. Verse 6, whosoever abideth in him sinned not, whosoever sinned had not seen him, neither known him little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous he that committed sin is of the devil for the devil sinned from the beginning for this purpose was the son of god manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin 
for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Do you understand now what the Christian life is to be? Those who are teaching that we don't need the commandments of God, you are highly mistaken because the evidence that you are born of God, that you are a son of God, is that you will not commit sin. And what is sin? The transgression of the law. So that means if we are children of God, we will not transgress the law. Abiding in Christ, like we read in verse 6, anyone that abides in him will not commit sin. It even uses the word cannot. Whosoever committed sin is of the devil. Jesus was manifested for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil and in verse 9 we are told and anyone that is born of God does not commit sin and his seed remains in him he cannot sin we read in conflict and courage page 359 paragraph 3 that there are those who are professing holiness that declare that they are holy the lords and claim the right to his promises and then they refuse to obey God's commandments they are deluded they are deluded this is presumption it is not true it is a gross error to think that we can live an impure life in disobedience to God's commandments and still inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 21, John again wrote, In the last vision, that great grand vision of Revelation, the commandments of God were still relevant. In verse 6 of Revelation 21 down to verse 8, he said, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then how can anyone say that it does not matter the kind of life we live? Look at the things that were listed here. Murderer, what does the Lord say in his commandment? Thou shalt not kill. Liars, thou shalt not bear false witness. Idolaters, you should not have any other God before the Lord. You should have no idols and you should not use his name in vain. All of that is included in idolaters. And then we are still told the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers don't commit adultery. Sorcerers, those who have communications with demons, that all of these will have their part in the lake of fire. How then can anyone say that it does not matter the kind of life we live, whether it is pure or not, whether the commandments of God are valid or not? Again, the whole purpose of the gospel and the reason for Christ's coming is so that he could save us from our sins. That was what we saw. John said it there in the book of 1 John chapter 3, reading from verse 5. You know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Paul put it forth in this way in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. If we are Christians for any other reason than that we seek to be purified from our sins, then we are in the wrong religion. The whole purpose of Christ's death was so that he may sanctify us and cleanse us from our sins, that we may no longer be slaves to the evil habits 
that hold us bound, but we may be free in Jesus from every defilement and stain of sin. We are to be separate from the world, overcome the world, made different from the world. In explaining this, Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians 5, explaining why Christ died in the first place for us. He said, reading from verse 25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that it is possible for you to be holy without blemish, to be pure in heart and life? If we try it in our own strength, of course we will fail. But that is why there is something called the faith of Jesus. This is the victory John says, 1 John 5 verse 4. Faith is our victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. What is the world? It is all the sins that exist. That is the world. Jesus promises us in Revelation 3 verse 21, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. What did Jesus overcome? John 16 verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. And in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So when Jesus is saying we should overcome as he overcame, what did he overcome? He overcame the world. What is the world? 1 John 2 verse 15 to 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of the Father of God abideth forever. So. What is these things that is described as the world? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Well, the Bible makes clear what the lust of the flesh is, and that you can just say it's still included here is the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Galatians 5 verse 19 to 24 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. These are the things we are to be purified from. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, which includes self-abuse, masturbation sexual excess all of that going on he says idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations what does emulation mean competitive spirit strife wrath seditions heresies envyings murders drunkenness revelings and such like this is not all of them this is and such like anything that pertains to these things they are all part of it this is not just all of these that are listed things that are the offshoots or foundations of these sins. They are all things of the flesh and we must be purified from them. And he says, Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then, in opposition to this, the, we are to have installed in us a different software. From verse 22, But the spirit of, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections thereof, and, and lusts. 
You see, we have a work to do in overcoming the flesh and living a pure life like our Lord Jesus did. Now, let us be encouraged that it is possible for us to live a pure and holy life. Jesus empowers us to do it. With God, all things are possible and there is nothing too hard for him to do. What is the problem with you? Whatever your defect in character. You know, sometimes we hear of sin and we feel bad about it. And many times people feel bad about sins like that are often of the sexual nature. But we need to transit. Good to feel bad about those things and try, strive to overcome them. But beyond that, we must also know that there are other sins in our lives that need attention. Envy needs attention. Pride jealousy selfishness that reveals itself in various ways so subtle the selfishness that we don't even detect it when we have sinned in selfishness when we make decisions that we have a motive for making those decisions was more of thinking of what benefit is in it for me and not necessarily thinking outside ourselves and thinking of others those things are sins in our lives evil speaking evil surmisings suspicion fault finding bitterness, hatred, covetousness, jealousies, all these things need to be dealt with. Idolatry that reveals itself in various ways. The pleasures of sin, participating in the entertainment industry, movies and music that do not give glory to the Lord, all these things they bring impurities into our lives and Jesus wants to cleanse us from all these impurities and take them away from our lives. Alcoholism, then other addictions that may exist, drugs, taking of drugs of all kinds, all these things, you can be free from them. The people of God are described in Revelation 14 verse 12 as those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. We cannot keep the commandments of God. We cannot have purity in our lives and in our hearts except the fountains of our heart is cleansed by faith. It is true faith that we get the victory. Remember 1 John 5 verse 4, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, that faith of Jesus. We are told when Paul was describing all the weapons of our warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 12, when he got to faith, he said, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Faith is a very important thing. John mentioned it as what gives us victory. Paul mentioned it as the one weapon that is above all. Peter, when he was talking in the book of 2 Peter, reading chapter 1, when he was talking of from verse 4, the things that we are to add to ourselves, he says, add to your faith virtue. He begins with faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 tells us the just shall live by his faith. What is faith? Hearing the word of God and depending on the word of God that that word can give you power. To do the things that the word said you should do you must mix the hearing of the commandments of god with faith this is how we can be pure in heart and life it is to believe that when the word of god speaks that word has power in and of itself to give us that we may live the life that is holy and do the things that the word says let us be encouraged reading from manuscript releases volume 17 page 29 paragraph 3 we are told the Savior took upon himself the infirmities of humanity, and on this earth lived a sinless life that men should have no fear, 
that because of the weakness of human nature, they would not be able to overcome. End of quote. Then again, from the Crest Collections, page 47, paragraph 6, we are told, Jesus stood forth in human nature, a conqueror in behalf of the fallen race. He was an overcomer in behalf of every human being. And as a pledge that all who shall receive his name may resist the temptations of Satan and overcome in their own behalf as Christ has overcome in theirs. There is not one of the feeblest of humanity but can be a conqueror by being a partaker of the divine nature. As the branch is united to divine, this is how it's done now, abiding in Christ. As the branch is united to divine and becomes partaker of the nourishment of the vine. So he who is one with Christ absorbs the elements of the life of Christ and are branches of the living vine. Every member of the human family is honored by the achievements of his wonderful victory, making it possible for every soul to become a partaker of the divine nature if he will connect with Christ. End of quote. So that's our work there. If we want to overcome, we must abide in Christ, connect with him, have constant communion with him. We will never fall if we do this. When we fall, it is because we disconnect from him. If we are praying without season, when temptation comes, it will meet us praying. And when we are praying, the temptation cannot withstand the prayer. The prayer will conquer that temptation. And then studying the word of God is very important because we need to know the snares of Satan. Know where to go and where not to go. What to do and what not to do. Enhance ourselves. To put ourselves in a better position to overcome. We need to be intelligent. Know what the Lord said we should do. Reading from Selected Messages, Volume 3, page 140, paragraph 2, we are told, The Lord Jesus came to our world, not to reveal what a God could do, but what a man could do through faith in God's power to help in every emergency. Man is, through faith, to be a partaker of the divine nature and to overcome every temptation wherewith he is beset. The Lord now demands that every son and daughter of Adam, through faith in Jesus Christ, serve him in the human nature which we now have. End of quote. In this sinful flesh, in human nature, the Lord can work in you and me that in, by faith we can live a holy life. And if you are doubting it, look at Job. Look at John the Beloved. Look at Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. How does the Bible describe these people? Look at Daniel. He is called a man that had the spirit of the gods. Excellent. Job is described as keeping all the commandments of God and holy. John, uh, John's parents, which is Zacharias and Elizabeth, are described as keeping the commandments of God holy and in all the ordinances blameless. And John the Baptist himself is described in the same manner. There have been people like us. There was Enoch who walked with God and the Lord took him. These men lived holy lives. That doesn't mean that they never sinned in their lives, no, that's not what it meant. But it meant that they trusted in the Lord, even if they sinned, we are told, like John said in the book of 1 John 2 verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world also. 
1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And what we need to understand is that when the Lord forgives us, he takes away our sins and imparts to us, imputes to us the righteousness of Christ so that the Father sees us as if we have never sinned. Your past record is wiped away. You are looked at not just as somebody who has never sinned, but as someone who has always lived a righteous life since you were born. Why? Because that is the life of Christ. The life of Christ is imputed to you so that what Christ did from his babyhood till he died, that holy life he lived is credited to your account. Jesus gives it to you. The Father looks at you from that perspective, not as that sinner who did this or that, but because you have confessed and asked for forgiveness, he sees Christ in you and you are a son of God. But then you are now to walk as he walked. That's what John says, 1 John 3 verse 3, any man that has this hope in him of being the son of God purifies himself even as he is pure and it is through the lord that we are able to do this ministry of healing page 426 paragraph 1 as jesus was in human nature so god means his followers to be in his strength we are to live the life of purity and nobility which the savior lived review and herald december 22 1885 says through the plan of redemption God has provided means for subduing every sinful trait and resisting every temptation, however strong. Amen. End of quote. This is a source of joy and hope to me, and I hope it is to you. Jesus promises us in Hebrews 7 verse 25 that he is able to save us to the uttermost that all that comes to God through him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So what has been the evil habit and the defect in your character? I know mine. You should know yours. Whatever it is, we can bring it to the Lord and in faith, believing that he's able to do it, do the work he has asked us to do. You know, the blind man, when he, he was told to do something before he could get his healing, so also we are told to do certain things. But what is faith then since we are walking? Faith means to believe that it is not that thing that we are told to do that gives us healing. When spittle and sand were put by Jesus into the eyes of the blind man, when you read the book of John chapter 9, we realize it is not the sand that healed him, neither is it the spittle, but it is the obedience in faith, believing that when he does what the word said he should do, he will get the results that was said will be the result. When Naaman was told to dip himself in Jordan seven times, was it Jordan that healed him? No, it wasn't. But it was faith in what he was told to do that healed him. And every other miracle that the Lord did for people, they had to exercise faith in Jesus that what he said they should do, when they do it, the act itself will not save them. But because of he who said it, they will be saved. We also have a work to do. Do not do the things the Lord has asked you to do, thinking that those things in and of themselves will save you. But because of he who has said it, do it, and he who has said it will give you the result. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 and 25. Now, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Brothers, say Amen. Sisters, say Amen. 
it is possible you may in your journey have struggles you may fall as you are trying to live a life that is pure but do not despair rise up again and press on you may fall again rise up again and press on if you believe that it is possible to overcome and to live that pure life don't give up keep trying keep moving on learn from your mistakes and then do something different from that which you have done before in the hope in the power of god because even to do something different some of us find it difficult but in the grace of god we can we can do something different and we can overcome may the lord give us the grace to overcome let us pray our dear loving father in heaven purity of heart and life is what we want many of us have tried for years thank you for the victories that you have given us there are more victories for us to win teach us lord what it means to exercise faith for we are told that that is the victory that overcomes our flesh and the world it is our faith lord give us the grace that we may be overcomers help us to learn to exercise faith and help O oh lord that our defects in character will be remedied purify us that we may be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that we may be presented before you without any blemish do this and take the glory in jesus name i've prayed amen Thank you.